Good evening, dummies. Yes, I called you dummies. Don't be offended. I'll explain what dummies are. Episode 265. Hello to my largest, large of the largest grande venti audience that I've seen in a while. Wonderful to have all of you on. Thank you for not leaving. Wonderful if you haven't done the like, share, and subscribe thing. Do it tonight. What are we talking about in 265? We're talking about Jesse Smollett, Jesse Smollett, Juicy Smollett, Juicy Mullet. We're talking about Juicy. I can't get his name right after I watch Dave Chappelle. This guy is a number. I'm not happy, and I'm going to take him to task tonight. Stick around. Hang around. I'll explain everything to you in this quick little advertisement that'll tell you about my show, about t-shirts and all that other stuff. I'll be right back after these messages. Hey, dummies. This is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me. What is a dummy? A dummy is a don't unfriend me. It's an acronym. It's not an insult. So if you hear me say it throughout the show, please don't take offense. Second, if you would do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe, you can find all of my sites, Facebook, YouTube, Apple, Instagram, all the podcasts you can think of, and Rumble. Stop on by, say hello. It's at Don't Unfriend Me Show. I would greatly appreciate it. Last but not least, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com and follow my blog, all of my videos there. You can also hit the shop where I've got Don't Unfriend Me gear like this shirt that you can peruse and find something that you enjoy and support the show. All Made in America, 10% goes to Travis Mannion Foundation for every purchase, and veterans get a discount. So thank you. There's my quick advertisement. I'll play this before the show instead of doing it live, and hopefully it makes things go faster. Thanks, dummies. I appreciate it. From an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Well, now they know what a dummy is. That's great. Amy is in the green room. Amy, I always love when she's on. She's fantastic. Breath of fresh air. She's quick. And what's great is that anyone can come on the show. If you want to, Monday through Friday, stop on by. I'll give you the link, and you can come on in and talk to us. Otherwise, this is my recorded show. I try not to cuss in this. Occasionally, I might drop a word or two. When I'm live, I do cuss. So if that bothers you, don't stop on by during those times, 8.30 Eastern, Monday through Friday. And we're going to start doing some weekends, too, so you'll see Amy and I on. Welcome to the show. Let's get to it. Let the hate flow through you, young empire star. Maybe I should do that in Yoda. Let the hate flow through you, you young empire star. You are. It was cold, and I mean bitterly cold, in October in Laramie, Wyoming in 1998, I was living in Torrington at the time, about 90 minutes outside of Laramie, and I remember the time clearly in my head. Laramie was windy, cold, and when I say cold, it went right to the bone. My memories of Wyoming are not the best in my life. A lot of bad things came up during this time period. But as I reflect on that October evening, I realize now that it would change my opinion on the LGBTQ community forever. I will admit that in my youth, I was ignorant as most people when it came to homosexuality. It was handled with derision and cynicism in my home, in school, and amongst friends. Calling a peer a fag or a homo was an everyday occurrence, and I participated in that often. 
The word gay always had negative connotation assigned to it and was used to apply the moniker to all things distasteful or unpalatable. Dude, the show is gay. Man, this party is totally gay. We were kids, and so were you at one point. The military wasn't much better, and the hazing or insensitive comments were tossed around without a thought. Even as men, we acted like boys and could care less who these words encroached upon. We grew up, and some of us didn't. Flashing back to October 1998, another young man, miles from my current location, walked alone into a dive bar, and it's like any other in every small town across America. He was 21 years old, outgoing, and almost like every other kid that you would find in a small town in America. As he entered the bar after meeting with friends to discuss options for the LGBTQ Awareness Week on campus, he entered alone and was unable to convince them to accompany him that evening. At the lounge, the 21-year-old somehow ended up chatting with two roofing workers, both the same age as him. The pair saw an easy mark in the 5-foot-2-inch slightly built student. The roofers would tell police they planned to lure the young man into a pickup truck so they could rob him. Once in the vehicle, they pulled a gun, beat him, and seized his wallet, which contained $20. They drove about a mile out of town down a dirt path that ended in a rocky prairie of sagebrush and range grass. One of the assailants used a clothesline to tie the young man to a log fence. Then they began to ferociously pistol whip their captive. The young man was struck in the head and face between 19 and 21 times with the butt of a very large Smith & Wesson 357 revolver. The wounds were so severe that those that arrived on scene had only seen these type of dramatic of injuries in high-speed traffic crashes where there was just extremely violent compression fractures to the skull. The two roofers stole their victim's patent leather shoes and left him to die that night. He would remain tied to the fence for 18 hours in the frigid cold. The following evening, a teenager fell off his mountain bike and noticed nearby what he thought was a fallen scarecrow or Halloween costume. He realized it was a person. The young man was on his back with his arms behind him. His respirations were far and few between. The officer who responded to the call thought he was way younger than what he was just because of his stature was so small. The officer attempted mouth-to-mouth to clear his airway, but it was clamped shut. The officer remembered trying to revive him, saying, Baby boy, I'm here, kiddo. You're going to be okay. Hang in there. Don't give up. Come on. You can do this. Today, the buck fence where Matt Shepard was bound and bludgeoned to death is long gone. What was once akin to the English placing heads on pikes on all corners of the land to ward off insurrectionists or likened to a sadistic scarecrow in an open field to stem the flow of homosexuals to the University of Wyoming campus Matt suffered from a crushed brainstem, four skull fractures from the blows of McKinney's 357 Magnum. His parents rushed to the Colorado hospital from Saudi Arabia, where Dennis Shepard worked as an oil rig inspector. Their son regained consciousness. He died five days after the attack. 
Let's fast forward to January 22nd, 2019, a little over 30 years after the slaying of Matthew Shepard. On the night of the 22nd, a gay African-American young man received a threatening letter at his workplace. The letter was laced with homophobic and racist diatribes. Less than a week later, two men dressed in masks, wearing MAGA hats, with the intent to harm the young black man from Chicago, found him and wrapped a rope around his neck and poured an unknown substance on him. It was later determined to be bleach. All the while yelling racial epitaphs and screaming, this is MAGA country. The country was up in arms at this time when racial tensions were already on high alert, and it seemed that we had learned nothing from the lessons 30 years prior. How can we live in a world where people still hunt and attack innocent people over their skin color or sexual disposition? We all know it still happens, but it has been a long time since we have seen something like this on the national stage. How could we regress so far? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that Matthew Shepard was a tragic and horrific reality of the dangers for the LGBTQ community in the yesteryear of America. And the other story was a complete and utter fabrication from beginning to end. The name Jesse Smollett is about the only truthful item contained within the story. And even that isn't true. His real name is Justin Smollett. And Dave Chappelle wasn't too far off when he called him Juicy Smollett, the French actor from Empire. Just afraid of being attacked. Happens to the best of us. Don't ever forget what happened to that French actor. You know what I'm talking about? Juicy Smollett, he's a very French, very famous French actor. Jesse Smollett concocted a story to gain favor and notoriety for something that never happened or something he never experienced and lied to everyone multiple times without an ounce of remorse. In the United States, a Chicago court has found the actor Jesse Smollett guilty of lying to police after he staged an attack on himself nearly three years ago and claimed it was a hate crime. Smollett, who is gay and African-American, paid two masked accomplices to accost him in the street at night. Our North America correspondent, Nomia Iqbal, reports. 26 Chicago police officers spent 3,000 hours of time costing the city well over $100,000 for a fake crime that never occurred. And by the way, a fake crime that denigrates what a real hate crime is. Jesse Smollett now faces a possible prison sentence. Huge supports for him turned into deep anger when he was charged, with many who once stood by him now accusing him of taking advantage of the pain and anger of racism. Nomi Rickbell, BBC News, Washington. Crimes like Matthew Shepard have fallen over the years as hoax and fake accusations have risen. There are several reasons. One is that the LGBTQ community has been generally accepted compared to years past. It still isn't perfect, 
but there has been monumental progress in the most recent years. Second, during the time of Matthew Shepard, hate crimes had been established long before he was born, but the ability to address hate crimes under existing United States federal law and Wyoming state law, crimes committed on the basis of sexual orientation could not be prosecuted as hate crimes. The case of Matthew Shepard changed all of that and kicked off a fervent battle to pass the meaningful change. Legislation was introduced and struck down several times for various reasons, momentum, etc., because of Washington politics, of course, but finally was signed into federal law in 2009. Lastly, people are smarter than they were back then. Communities who are victims of violence based on race, color, sexual disposition are more cautious and tend to be aware of the dangers in society that do exist towards them. Not something ideal or acceptable, but it is a reality. On the other hand, false accusations of racism, police beatings, unarmed shootings, hate crimes, rape, and other abhorrent crimes are on the rise. That this case turned out to be a hoax shouldn't come as too big of a shock to anyone. A great many hate crime stories turns out to be hoaxes. Simply looking at what happened to the most widely reported hate crime stories over the past four to five years illustrates this. Not only the Smollett case, but also Yasmin Sode, Air Force Academy, Eastern Michigan, Wisconsin Parkside, King College, Covington Catholic, and Hopewell Baptist Burning. All these racial scandals all turned out to be fake. And these cases are not isolated outliers. However, hate crime hoaxes are calling attention to a problem that is a very small part of total crime. There's very little brut brutally violent racism in the modern U.S. There are less than 7,000 real hate crimes reported in a typical year. Interracial crime is quite rare. 84% of white murder victims and 93% of black murder victims are killed by criminals of their own race. And the person most likely to kill you is your ex-wife or husband. When violent interracial crimes do occur, whites are at least as likely to be the targets as are minorities. Simply put, Klansmen armed with nooses are not lurking on Chicago corners. In this context, what hate hoaxers actually do is worsen generally good race relations and distract attention from real problems like gun violence in the inner city or opioid addiction or veteran suicide. But there is a real troubling point that nobody is talking about. I understand the deception. I even understand some idiot making up stories to gain notoriety. I don't condone it, but I can understand the motivation to take the easy way out. Some people are just weak. But if we look at the definition of a hate crime, it states the following. A hate crime, also known as a bias-motivated crime or bias crime, is a prejudice-motivated crime which occurs when a perpetrator targets a victim because of their membership or perceived membership of certain social groups or racial demographic. How is it that Jesse Smollett was not charged with a hate crime? He faced six counts of disorderly conduct under a subsection of the law that prohibits false reports to police. Some states don't categorize false police reports as disorderly conduct. The charges are listed as four class felonies and listed within is a charge for reporting a hate crime. But that isn't what I'm saying. I'm saying the act of what he did is a hate crime in itself. 
just as a rape victim falsely accusing a man of rape or woman of rape or manufacturing evidence to do harm to another based on affiliation or disposition fall within the realm of a hate crime. In fact, it is the same town and city, not just the realm. Jesse Smollett stood on the backs and necks of every African-American and LGBTQ person and stained the very fabric of our country with his venom and vitriol. He divided our country even more based on the most egregious accusations of hatred and loathing and assigned it to a group of people based on their beliefs and membership in a group. Trump supporters. This wasn't about white and black. This wasn't about gay and straight. This was an attack and blatant attempt to justify the lies the media and the elites have been perpetuating against Donald Trump and his supporters for the last five years, that we are all racist and homophobes. Jesse Smollett used his belonging to the African-American and gay community as a ladder to self-aggrandizing behavior and spit on the progress made over generations. What he did was indeed a hate crime and without the waste of hundreds of thousands of dollars, the outpouring of support, using the emotions of human beings who have truly experienced these atrocities, I guarantee that other attacks were orchestrated against white Trump supporters because of his actions. There are just too many variables to account for. But his actions led to direct assaults, violence, or death of perceived white supremacists in retaliation for this hoax and complete sham. That is a hate crime. No matter how you gloss it over CNN or Don Lemon, no matter how often you apologize for his action, the man is a racist. He is an opportunist. He is a criminal. And most importantly, he is now guilty. What type of selfish jackass that is a star in a show, rich beyond most, and has a career full of everything he was allegedly seeking, has the gumption to pretend that his privilege isn't more than those he hates so much? This man will not see the inside of a prison cell. He will receive probation and community service at worst for his cowardly actions and hate crime against America. And all I can say for someone who has hired and befriended and loved countless members of the LGBT community, Matthew Shepard was murdered and his family was very insistent that people know the young man he was and not just his sexual orientation or his infection from HIV. They wanted to ensure people didn't use his personal life for individual gain and advancement. In other words, he and they are the exact antithesis of Jesse Smollett and what he stands for. It's a sad state of affairs when racism and violence motivated by race are so rare that you have to pay for it to happen. And what's even more disturbing is that this narcissist, Juicy Smouillet, is incapable of admitting he is a coward and a liar. When I would speak to friends, the LGBTQ community, they were always adamant that we need to talk about it and discuss it to take away the fear and trepidation of homosexuality. We had to acknowledge the problem to solve it, they would say. Now, years after, I hear more often that we need to stop talking about it incessantly and that the road to acceptance is to recognize that someone's personal life isn't any of your fucking business and to accept and move on. America isn't racist. People can be. 
We need to accept that and move on. And maybe if we stop talking about it every minute of the day, we can find what we are all looking for. The truth is America despises him, not for his race or sexual preference, but because he is a massive pile of shit, and only for that reason alone. On second thought, maybe we have come a very long way after all. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. If you loved it, great. Like, follow, share, and subscribe. If you didn't, tough shit. Maybe it'll be better tomorrow. Episode 265 is in the books. 266 will not be till Monday. I'll see if we can come live on Saturday and Sunday. And hello, unless something big happens and I'll jump back online, I will leave like I always do. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. I'm starting to feel my mojo, but I got to talk about this first. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. It is way too many. They need your help. Please reach out to a veteran during the holidays. It is the worst. Veterans need your help. Simple phone call. Ask them how they're doing. If you can't have that conversation, call me. I will call them for you. Sometimes vets talk to vets better than civilians to vets. If that doesn't work, they can go to my website at their leisure. Click on the VCL link at don'tunfriendme.com. They'll be connected free of charge. 100% anonymous. It will not affect their duty station or their career, and they can ask for the help that they need. And if you are not a veteran, Veteran Crisis Hotline just isn't for vets. It's for you too. Mental health is serious. We all have problems. It's good to talk about them. It's important. Folks, thank you for watching. All of the people who are on live, stick around. I'd love to talk to you again in just a few minutes. God bless. And remember, we can agree. We can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. Just don't unfriend me. Good night, everybody, except for the people online.